Welcome to the Plant Network podcast. Today I'm chatting to two of our long-standing trustees who are retiring at the end of March 2024. First up, you'll hear Rupert Wilson, Principal Data Manager at the RHS, and then joining us partway through the podcast is Don Murray, who's currently a freelance consultant, but has worked previously for the Eden Project and Mount Stewart Gardens. If you've ever considered becoming a trustee for Plant Network, then this is the episode that you want to listen to. You'll find out about the high points and the low points and just what it will contribute to your career. And you'll also find out about Rupert and Don's favourite moments. Have you actually been a trustee since 2011, Rupert? That seems like a lot of time you've given. It does seem like quite a long time. And I must admit, my, my mind was a bit hazy, but I did go back through my calendar and things. I think it was around the May 2011, or Matthew Jeb, who was the chair at the time, called me up and then said, would I like to join the board? I think he also caveated it. He asked me how my monetary skills were, because I think he was looking for a treasurer. Anybody that knows me realizes that I wouldn't be best placed as a treasurer. So yes, I was welcomed onto the board. I know going, going back through the list of events, I, I did actually attend when I was then at the University of Reading in the School of Plant Sciences, I, I attended the, the meeting in 96 at the Oxford Botanic Gardens, which also the, the events calendar tells me was the, the very first plant network AGM or plant net as it was in those days. And then a year later, I was up at Edinburgh with the, the plant records group there as an attendee. And that's where I met people like Rob Kuby and David Knott and Becky Govia, who, who were, and I think possibly Andy Sire as well, who were running the, the plant records group at that time. In 2001, I went to Cambridge and at that point, I, unknown to anybody else at the event, I'd been offered the job at the RHS, but I was still working for the University of Reading. So I was scoping out the other delegates and by 2002, I was already helping doing some of the arrangements at RHS Rosemore when we had plant records group meetings. So I have a long, long history of involvement with with Plant Network, and it, and it has been, it's been wonderful. It's, it's the locations that you can get to that we've hosted meetings at. I mean, I think my, two, two of my all-time favourites, one was a Plant Records Group meeting at the, in the Isle of Butte, so Mount Stewart, that's where Dom was working the time, and he, he invited the Plant Records Group meeting there. So that was fantastic. I mean, anywhere that you have to travel over water to get to is, a, is an adventure. And we managed to get all the RHS Plant Records officers there, and we stayed in a and b and we had a good time. It's traditional for Plant Records Groups to have an evening meal the night before, where you chew the fat and whatever and, and, and have a good meal. And we were sat down for dinner and there were a number of guests that weren't there and we got messages from them and they'd missed the ferry. So they, they, were, they were stuck on the mainland and we were on the aisle. But Mount Stewart was a wonderful venue and a good meeting. And then the other one was while Matthew Jeb was chair of the board and, and Matthew obviously was, was at Glasnevin in Dublin. So he used to host meetings there and we used to have meetings in his office, which is in the garden. But he also then hosted us for dinner in his house. So yeah, so we had this wonderful... Wonderful meal in his house and then sort of stroll around the garden. So that was very nice. It's those connections that you make by attending events and obviously the friendships you can build up when you're working on the board as a trustee. So what skills do you think you've used most as a trustee? I've learned an awful lot because, I mean, I, I was very, very new back in 2011. I mean, although I've been in the RHS job a little while, I was still new to 
but sort of networking outside and, and things other than the plot records group. So, so I think it was learning to listen, considering everything, keeping an open mind and being able to put your point across where you perhaps had something to add or, or maybe something you didn't, didn't agree. And I think it's that institutional memory that I can remember where we have discussions around the board and I'm the only one that could remember we encountered that situation about five years previously or whatever. Although, I mean, obviously now we've got, we've got better minutes and they're all easy accessible, but yes, that, that institutional memory. Also, it's those connections you build as well. It's the network of people that you build up over time that you can, you know, if you think, if we're thinking about a meeting or, or somebody that we need to, to do something for us, we can, oh yes, we know so-and-so or yeah. Oh, have you tried, have you thought of, of, of that person at that garden? So you've been with the RHS for the whole of your time on the board. What do you think the benefit to the RHS? So, so when I was first approached back in 2011, my senior managers were very supportive, actually. They realized that they wanted to progress me, to develop me. And one way of doing that was to go out and meet people and work with people. So, yeah, not just, not to stay within the confines of the RHS. I was actively encouraged to join the board and, and go to the meetings and a lot of trustees do this. They try and go to as many meetings as they can to support the events and to meet people, encourage people. But that also meant that I was able to go and tell people about the work of the RHS. So spreading the word about what, what we're doing. And certainly within the plant records group meeting, people were also very keen to know who's, who was using what system and who might be moving and what was new. So the so they were also very keen to find out what the RHS was doing because it seemed to be that if the RHS went in that direction, that other people might be interested in it. But obviously, it also meant that I could then feed back what the National Trust English Heritage, what other organisations are doing, make sure that we were all yeah. on the same lines. And I think it was also putting people in contact as well. So my own team and others would be able to, yeah, it's the networking thing again. It's so important, isn't it? I don't think that people realise when they say they can't afford to send people to training events or to meetings, I don't think they realise quite how much they're, they're cutting themselves off and putting themselves in a side. The meetings are far more than the calendar of events, you know, the, the, the agenda of the day. It's the conversations you have over lunch. It's the conversations you have when you're at the beginning of the day over coffee. And the people you meet and the contacts that you make that you follow up on as well afterwards. Don, I've got you down as being a trustee for Plant Network since 2014. Is that right, do you think? I believe so. That's what I've got in my head. But I've been involved with Plant Network a lot longer. So at some point, Alistair Griffiths was a trustee uh, at the Eden Project. And somewhere along the line, he passed the baton across to me. And, and I think it's around about 2014, but it might be earlier. So we've heard about Rupert's favourite memories. What's your favourite memory? Can you think of one? Oh, my goodness. For me, it's around actually developing that that network you know and there's been so many moments where we've had to make big decisions and all that you know, transformation from plant collection management into generating income i mean that's been such a big thing over the last 10 years that change has been big two of my fondest memories let's call them fondest memories when we had the contemporary issues for gardens and plant collections this is going back in 2010 at the eden project i mean in that very title of that, that meeting you know it, it was the big change a big transition and the other one is the plant records group meeting at mount stewart trust i think between the eden project and mount stewart it was, it was the buzz 
you know, there was a real sense of activity and just everyone was just, just you know, really on, on top of her game. You know, it was just brilliant. Certainly we had a plant records meeting at Eden and it, it was great because at that time you had the youth hostel pods. So quite a number of staff, well, the attendees stayed in, stayed in the pods. That, yeah, which, again, you were, yeah. you were on site as well. So again, it was all. Yeah, but, but it really felt it really felt as if we were on the edge of of big changes because at that yeah. time things like Nagua were coming in and it was big changes and there was just that sense of purpose. It was there was, was a real buzz in that room, and, and of course we had some great obviously people like David Ray and and some of our kind of big hitters were all there. We're all now you know executive directors or whatever <laughs> chief execs, you know. But that real sense of the actual decision makers were in the room at that time and people were really listening to one another and change was happening. Which skills do you think you've used most as a trustee since you've joined? Well, it's various skills, isn't it, that come into play. And you start thinking about what, what ones are they most used? Well, at least that's what I think, but what colleagues probably think is completely different. But I think, I think around that, that that sort of strategic thinking you know, we've had to engage at really high level being a trustee. So you've got planning, considering long-term goals, the direction of plant network. And all along, you know, you, you, in the front of your mind, I've been thinking like that, although it doesn't always come out that way. And the other one is around governance. So I think one of the skills around that governance knowledge has really increased. I mean, over the last 10 years, so that, that kind of governance is that, 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 that sort of strong understanding of the principles, the kind of legal, ethical responsibilities, and also all these kind of organizational, like almost like bylaws, if you want to put it that way. So that governance side, I think I've really brushed up on. And of course, risk management, you know, all along as a trustee, you know, we've been really kind of assessing and managing the risks, whether that's growth or we've had to prune back. We're now in a phase of growth, and, and in many ways, the risk management is higher because you know we've we've got two employees we're having to think you know about their livelihoods, and that's really important. And the other one is around teamwork and that sort of that sort of collaboration. So it's definitely as a trustee, you know, working within a board. More difficult, by the way, while it's been more online. So I've really found that quite challenging since the pandemic that sort of teamwork and collaboration. That's been really hard for everyone, I think, to really adjust. During your time on the board, you spent time with Garden Organic, Newt, Mount Stewart and the Eden Project, as well as being a freelance consultant as you are now. How's your involvement with Plant Network enriched your professional life, do you think? Since the pandemic, there's been a lot of change. So I was 14 years at the Eden Project and quite happy. And then I was like five years at Mount Stewart. And then since the pandemic, life has just got mad. But as a trustee, you know, I, I think it's more of around about enrichment when it comes to leadership skills, decision-making abilities, networking opportunities, and of course, that personal fulfillment, all of which has really enriched my professional life. I mean, if you look at one aspect, like, like for example, the leadership experience, Serving as a trustee provides really valuable leadership experience. You know, I've often played a, a crucial role in guiding the direction of Plant Network, making decisions on behalf of fellow trustees, 
and ensuring that the organization's long-term sustainability. So I think, I think from that comes a real deep sense of an, an, an enrichment when it comes to my actual professional life. And, and there's probably other examples, you know, just, just understanding governance, you know, really understanding what governance means. It's really enriched me in that way. So serving as a trustee has given me, given me that unique perspective of Plant Network's governance, understanding how the board functions, how to make decisions and oversee Plant Network's operations that can be beneficial for individuals in various professional roles. So obviously the work that we do as a charity, we do it for others. You know, that's the thing yeah. we're serving, we're serving others. And that's where the governance side really kind of kicks in. And that's been so enriching and, you know, learned heaps. Brilliant. So both of you, what do you think are the best and worst aspects of the role? I think certainly when I first started the day job allowed more time, there seemed to be more time, more flexibility to focus on the role as trustee. I think probably Donna might say similar, that, that post-pandemic, that the, the world seems to have changed and it's gone a little bit bonkers. There's an awful lot more calls on your time, so you have to be very, very motivated to, to make sure you're putting, putting the time aside to read the minutes, to check the emails and then to respond as well and to perform your duties as a trustee. The best bit and still remains and it always will be is the is the contacts that you make and the people you meet and the and the things that you learn from them as well and i think dom has alluded to that in that you can learn from other trustees how they behave and the decisions they make a sort of mentoring almost without calling it mentoring it's that contact and working with people as a team with this goal of being a great organization, a great networking organization for living collections. Yeah, you're so right. Again, it's just like you, Rupert, it's that, that massive change post-pandemic. And it's, it's not just with Plant Network, it's, you know, it's with other charities that I'm on the board of. I think we've all came through this journey in a very bizarre way. But the best aspects for me is similar to Rupert but definitely contributing to Plant Network's cause. You know, that's been such a pleasure and a joy. We are so passionate about it. And that sense of making that, that positive impact has been highly rewarding. It's been absolutely magic. Also the leadership opportunities. Again, you know, serving as a trustee, it's been so valuable. Networking opportunities, as Rupert said. And also learning and development. You know, the role of a Plant Network trustee involves that continuous learning for staying informed about sector trends or legal changes or best practice. So that learning has been constant, but you have to put the time and effort into it. You know, you, you have to actually go and find the information and definitely about that, that personal fulfillment, you know, just being part of Plant Network success, you know, and actually being able to say, yeah, I helped with that. I, I took a little bit and I just, I just helped with that little bit. Well, we nudged it that way and, you know, and it just worked. The worst aspects, yeah, as Rupert said, it's the time, the time commitment. And I think I've really sensed that as I became self-employed, it wasn't that when I was working for different organizations, I was very liberal with my time. I was obviously very conscious of it. But as you become self-employed, if there's anyone out there thinking of who's self-employed and is thinking about becoming a trustee, you do have that challenge if you've got a new client or you've got a meeting with 
yeah, plant network, what one do you go for? You know, and that can be that can be really challenging. The other one is around the legal responsibility. I found worst, not worst. That's not the right word. It made me twitchy. It made me realise I had to be the top of my game because you can't blag being a trustee. You know, you, you really can't. Uh, well, you can for a little bit, I guess, but then you get caught out. So the kind of legal responsibilities was always in the front of my mind, just making sure that as an organisation we're able to fulfil the obligations. Because the consequences were really quite serious. And when I was seeing that post-pandemic, we're seeing a lot of charities fail. I, th- I think it's like 3 to 5% of charities have disappeared. Very rarely there's been a conflict of interest. I think it's happened once. But I didn't spot it until after the meeting. And also, again, being self-employed, it, the kind of voluntary nature of a trustee, you know, it's that time you can put in and sometimes when I was employed you know justifying x amount of time spent on plant network when I could be generating income for it it did come up very rarely but I was always able to bat it away and look at the wider aspects of the benefit that being a trustee on a on plant network brings to the organization that I was working for just just as a chip in there the trustee board there is there are there's not a few individuals, there's quite a number of individuals, and there's a good spread of knowledge, skills, and experience. So you might be the person that, that's really hot on governance, but there'll be somebody else who's who's really hot on finances. And the way you work as a team, you sort of support each other and you can have uh, open discussions about things. And, and whilst that risk is slightly terrifying, but you're generally not acting alone. You're putting forward your views and then there's a consensus, isn't there? Obviously, we're hoping to recruit some people to take over from both of you, possibly not for quite such extremely long terms. What advice would you give to somebody listening to this who'd be interested in applying to be a trustee of Plant Network? I would say that getting involved with Plant Network first, get to know Plant Network, attend the meetings, you know, make yourself known. Once you sort of put your head above the paraffin, you'll probably find that that one of the trustees comes and comes and sort of taps you on the shoulder. But I, I, w- I would definitely say do, do it. It's great for personal development, for learning new skills. Talk to your line manager, get their support. I mean, you know, most of us now have some form of um, personal development plan or, or CPD and all that. It's just a great way of ticking those boxes and saying that you're doing something. And it's also looking outside of your organization. And, and there's, there's, there's a lot to learn from other similar organizations. I would say do it, but maybe start off by actively participating in meetings. I think that's so important, Rupert. You've hit the nail on the head. I think it's also about reflecting, you know, thinking about the, the best and the worst aspects. You know, just, just with that in mind, if you are considering about being a trustee, you know, it's important to weigh these factors up and consider, you know, if the role of a trustee lines with your personal and professional circumstances. I think one of the biggest challenges for any trustee and the right thing, the smart thing is to know when to bow out. And certainly for myself, you know, my, my personal and professional circumstances since post-pandemic has just went nuts. There's a lot of aligning with our chartered organizations and organizations at Plant Network. And we need this new raft of trustees, desperately need people to come in from maligned sectors 
you know, that would be really interesting because we're seeing this influx of the environment, nature, horticulture, you know, as a science and art has always been involved in, in nature and the environment, but it's becoming more and more important because there's a lot of other sectors who just aren't listening to that horticultural sector and we could be contributing so much more. So yeah, so I'd say go for it, join today. What are you going to be doing with all this spare time that you've got now? A few years ago, before the pandemic, actually, I took the quite extreme step of reducing my hours. So I only, I only now work 30 hours a week, so four days. And I wanted to spend more time doing other projects that I like. I'm doing things like renewable. In Reading, we have the Reading Hydro Scheme. So we've, as a community, we've created a hydroelectric scheme on the River Thames at Caversham. I've become involved in that. And these things sort of built, you know, one thing leads to another. Yeah. Life is never boring. So the moment that I made the decision to step down, I then became a co-opted director of the Butte Community Land Trust. So I'm now on the Butte Community Forest. They've got an amazing rainforest on the north side of the island. And also I'm becoming more busy with the RSPB Scotland Advisory Committee. And it's interesting because I've kind of migrating into that nature and environment side. And apply, and it's, it's really neat. So the RSPB wanted me on the committee because they wanted the horticultural landscape professional insight. And with the Butte Community Forest, they wanted me because of the, the woodlands and trees and that sort of ecological management. So, yeah, horticulturalists were really pretty cool. Well, you're very well-rounded individuals, I must say. Really good projects to get involved in. Well, a very brief thank you for contributing your time to this. And it's been really interesting reminiscing with you and talking about this. And thank you so much for the, the years of service that you've given. Plant Network will be much poorer without you, but hopefully we'll get some, some lively, entertaining people to replace you.